It's Global Accessibility Awareness Day, so let's talk about the state of accessibility in the middle of this pandemic. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is intrepid culture reporter and jack-of-all-trades, Abrar Alhidi. Welcome, Abrar. Thank you. Abrar, as part of our Tech Enabled series, you took stock of how things are going with accessibility, especially in the middle of this coronavirus lockdown. So what did you find? There are a lot of really interesting things that I learned about that additional challenges that people in the disability community face. So for example, you know, right now everybody's relying on grocery and food delivery services, but for people with disabilities that can be particularly challenging because there's such a huge spike in demand. So there's a lot of delays with getting groceries delivered. And for people who that's the only way that they can get the things they need, it's kind of critical for them to have access to those things. There are also people who perhaps have low vision or are blind who require assistance in a grocery store when they go shopping. But a lot of stores are, you know, scared of having anyone, you know, assist a customer or be in close contact with a customer because of the current situation. So that's one huge yep. challenge. So yeah, uh, groceries and online de- food delivery services, that's something I hadn't even considered because obviously we've been, I've been doing this, I've been ordering food online a lot more. I didn't, I didn't even think that folks might get sort of elbowed out if uh, more and more folks start using these services. What about what about home care? I imagine that's an issue too. If people aren't willing to volunteer to help you in stores, they might they might not be as willing to help you in your own home, right? Absolutely. So there are people who you know, they require assistance at home, but that's challenging when we're all self-isolating and um, in lockdown, because if you have somebody coming in and out of your home and you're not sure if, if they might be sick and they might be bringing something else in, that is an additional challenge. How do you get the assistance that you need without putting yourself at risk and, and having other people put themselves at risk too? Yeah, and th- another point you made in the story, which I found interesting, like there are some guidelines in some states that prioritize access to treatment and ventilators for patients without disabilities or pre-existing conditions. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, this is one of kind of the most critical issues that a lot of people, a lot of disability rights advocates and people in the community are pushing back against. So there are a lot of states that have essentially introduced these healthcare rationing guidelines, which prioritize access to treatment and ventilators to patients who don't have disabilities or pre-existing conditions. But this is kind of, it's a bad deal because the people within the disability community are concerned about having access to medical care and being seen as essentially worthy of life-saving treatment. So this is really a big issue that a lot of people are tackling right now. Definitely. And um, talk about the the digital divide. You know, we've, we've written about this. We've talked about this at length. It's the fact that, you know, with all of us at home, uh, the need for a fast internet service is more important than ever, whether it's for distance learning, whether it's for us working from home, you know, the the fact is, though, that most people, not most people, but millions of people lack access to uh, consistent internet service. And this is an even more important issue with the accessibility community, right? Right. So for a lot of people in the accessibility, in the disability community, having access to things like video platforms and, and just online access in general can be critical because a lot of people can't leave their homes. But if there's latency and they have trouble kind of, you know, if, if they have, um, if, if they, if there's a lag, then it's hard for them to, to catch on to something that somebody is saying in a video call. And that can be an added challenge. And people with disabilities in America are already three times as likely to never go online. And that's just kind of reflective of, of, 
the setbacks for, for people within that community. And they're, they're 20% less likely to have home broadband and own a computer or smartphone or a tablet. So these are things that we all rely on, but, but people in this community, you know, already face major obstacles when it comes to things that are so common today. Yeah, and so just switching gears a bit, it's Global Accessibility Awareness Day, and uh, a number of companies have come up with their announcements. What's uh, Google in particular up to? Google rolled out a handful of updates. So one of the major ones is that Maps will now show, you can opt to have an, uh, a wheelchair icon show up on places that have accessible entrances, and then you can see if there's accessible seating and parking and restrooms. Um, so that can be really helpful for people to know before they go somewhere. Um, and then there's also Live Transcribe, which essentially you know like helps you transcribe a, a live conversation um, and is good for people who might have difficulty hearing. So um, you can now add custom words or names that aren't typically found in the dictionary so that the system can pick up on that. Um, and then there's a sound am amplifier, which kind of helps you hear better the sounds that are around you. So that now works with Bluetooth headphones, so kind of catching up with the times there. Um, and then there's also a, a feature for Pixel phones that can amplify the audio on a phone as well, so they can people can more clearly hear videos and music and podcasts. Um, and then there's one new um, app called Action Blocks, which essentially lets people create um, a customizable home screen button for an everyday task, like calling a specific person. So you could just do it with one tap instead of going through and finding the video app and finding the person. So that's supposed to kind of streamline that for people with cognitive disabilities. Gotcha. And then uh, Airbnb also had an announcement? Yeah, Airbnb is um, launching more than 20 new online experiences, they call it. So these are activities that are designed for people with accessibility needs. So there's like seated yoga and um you know, a wheelchair workout, things like that. Um, and then there's also classes for people who um, want to learn more about accessibility. So things like beginner sign language classes. Um, and these do come uh, at a price, although I think at least one of those uh, experiences are free. I know ahead of this day, Apple uh, released a bunch of different accessibility announcements. They launched a dedicated Apple Care support team for people with disabilities. Uh, and they're also highlighting more accessibility apps. Um, you know, it's, it's great that these companies are you know, rolling out more initiatives and, and kind of catering to the uh, disability community a bit more, at least uh, recognizing the, the need for some of this work. But um, it's all a step in the right direction. But what do you think needs to be done? What else needs to be done? One of the most critical things that a lot of disability rights advocates have brought up is that it all needs to be baked in from the start. So you need to have people on the team with disabilities so they can tell you, you know, this is what people need. You need to have people within the disability community test products and tell you, okay, here's how it can be better. Um, and then there's also, it needs to be an essential part of computer science and engineering education so that students are taught these kinds of important um, points even early on. So when they get into the workforce, it's already top of mind for them. Gotcha. So it's sort of institutionalized from the start. Exactly. All right. Well, that's a wrap. You can check out Abrar's story and all of our tech-enabled pieces on CNET.com. And as always, if you have any questions, leave us a voicemail at 862-250-5713. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.